Welcome back, guys. This is The Breakfast Show with Lila Minnie. We're about to get into our 20 million movement Bible study where you can join 20 million other people studying the same passage of the Bible. At the same time, we're going to study some verses this morning that are about to become illegal in Victoria. Oh. So let's study them while we can. Let's broadcast them out on Faith FM. <laughs> I wonder how that works. I mean, we're a national broadcaster. We go to every state of Australia. Maybe they'll get in trouble too. Because it's it's illegal to read these verses. Well, it will become illegal under the new legislation to read these verses in Victoria. What happens if we read them on the radio in New South Wales? Are they going to come up here and arrest us? I tell you what, interesting times that we live in right now. But anyway, we're going to read some of those verses. Fantastic. Yeah. Tell us about our book. It's called Sister in Arms. It's by Suki. Oh, should I give it a go? Sukashini. No, I don't know the last name. <laughs> Um, and it's about Courageous Women of the Reformation. We just had the interview with her. If you missed it, yeah, go listen. you really missed something special. You Absolutely. need to go back and listen to the podcast. You can read the book yourself. That's right, yeah. which is even better than listening to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, you can as well, though. Have them both. Yeah, absolutely. Have them both. Have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that here on Faith FM. We'll let you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Okay, so we've got a book that we're giving away which is about which which demonstrates how influential women were during the yeah. Reformation and some of the most influential women of the Reformation. And we don't hear about them. No, we don't at all. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm a collector of antiquarian books, for instance, and so I love to read, you know, history books that were closer to the events. Mm. Uh, that's the great thing about antiquarian books. But you've got to remember those antiquarian books are culturally flavoured. You know, I think uh, you know, the first co educational educational institution in the United States was like 1833 or something or other. Someone um, did shoot me through a text message about that. It's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But when you're reading history books that were written previous to that or even well after that, they're just not mentioning the role of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't even think to. It doesn't even enter their brain to do so. Do you know what I didn't know? Was it in that book that says that Martin Luther was married and one of his wives was the people? Is that is that right or is that something different? Yeah, he was married. I didn't even know that until today. <laughs> So, history. <laughs> no, I love history. But you're right, you're right. They are very so um, culturally social flavoured. Yeah, I do. So Martin Luther's wife was uh, very prominent um, during one of the plagues that went through mm. uh, Wittenberg. So basically what happened was the Black Plague went through, as it sort of did through Europe. And uh, so the town of Wittenberg are like, well, everybody needs to leave and go out and live in the countryside because, you know, social distancing, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, But there was a lot of people that couldn't leave. Mm. And Martin Luther's wife, had, she was an ex-nun and she'd done nursing training. Mm. And so she turned part of the university into a hospital for people that had the plague and stayed there and ministered to people with the plague, which wow. puts you under a lot of risk. You know, there's no cure for that disease. No. Uh, you're doing well if you survive that disease. So, I was going to say the plague. We've had, we've said this year has been a pandemic, but it's just not the same as having a, the plague go through. No, not at all. Do you know what I mean? Not like, at all. Like we can talk about that. One of the stories I was going to cover during my news segment was uh, looking at the situation in Singapore where they're actually starting to get the first babies that are being born immune to COVID because they're getting antibodies from their mother. Yep. Um, and so there's a story about a, a lady that's just given to, born to a baby that um, has COVID antibodies. Um, but what's interesting is if you look at Singapore, they've had twice as many, more than twice as many infections as Australia. Ooh. Australia's had nearly a thousand deaths. Yeah, Singapore's had twenty nine. Hmm. And the difference is in uh, is is in the reporting. Right. Okay. Because we report COVID people who die with COVID, 
Instead of of COVID. They report people who die of COVID. Ooh, that's a big difference, isn't it? It's a very big difference. Mm. Very, very big difference indeed. You know, it's an important start of the story and we don't like to see anybody's life shortened. No. And people who die with COVID are people whose lives have been shortened Mm. uh, by COVID, um, but uh, people that, you know, no other, you know, comorbidities, 60,000 people, you've got 29 people who died from it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting. Uh, it's just I, I, the whole thing. It's just fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where do we get up to? We haven't done our text messages yet. No, we haven't. Always text messages to cover because, well, that's what we like, though. They, like that, that's right. They kind of come through later in the news sections. All right. I wonder how long before Christians or people of faith will stand up the fight to fight the fight of faith. And so when you see things happening like what is happening in Victoria, you know, the question is what do we actually do about it? Are we going to say something about this or are we not going to say something about this? Mm-hmm. Are we going to just stay silent on mm-hmm. these issues? Because, you know, and, and, and there are some people that argue that we should stay silent. They say look at China. Persecution came in in China mm-hmm. and those Christians that, um, that resisted the persecution in China all got sent to jail, those Christians that did not resist are still worshipping. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, Australia is a very, very different country with a very, very different culture yeah. to China. Yeah, And yeah. that gives us an amazing opportunity to do great things for God, um, and I think that we should be standing up. But, uh, you know, this person goes on to observe that, you know, the Bible says that in the future there will be far more restrictive laws Involving religion that will likely come about, and you know, he's obviously pointing likely come about as a result of Christians backlashing against uh, religious repression, you know, that has been brought through by secular governments. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Uh, okay, so another a question coming here, Pastor Lyle. The law trying to be passed in Victoria, do we still go to jail if the other person requests prayer? Because they want prayer due to having some sex feelings. Okay, so here's what the law in the proposed legislation in Victoria states: If you request prayer because of um, a sexual orientation that you do not do not want, like you want to choose a different sexual orientation, mm. and I pray for you, then yes, uh, if they come and request that, I can go to jail. If I'm a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a counsellor and they have a sexual orientation um, or a gender orientation that they don't want and you offer services for that, in other words, you honour their choice, then uh, you go to jail for that. Mm. So So really no matter which way you go. Yes. Yes, it's a stitch up. (laughs) It's an absolute stitch up because mm. people that are dealing with confusion over these kinds of issues and they, they want counselling so that they can you know, choose which way they go, there's only one kind of counselling available. Mm. And so choice is gone. It's yeah. like if you have these kinds of issues, you are not allowed to choose. Yeah. So not only is this persecution of Christians, but it's persecution of people that have uh, gender dysphoria or alternative sexual orientations that they don't want. Mm, mm-hmm. It's just choice has gone out the window. And this is one of the things that is just absolutely mind-blowing to me is that the government is willing to persecute both sides 
of the equation with no scientific, zero scientific basis for it mm. uh, just because of ideology. There's nothing to do with science. This is just ideology. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, wow. It just, it's just absolutely staggering, the world in which we live. But, yes, that's what you've got to say this morning. Uh, if you've got other things to say, then we would love to hear from you. Uh, our number to call is 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. So if you missed any of the earlier discussion, if you're just tuning in now and wondering what we're talking about, do go back and catch up on the podcast. Mm. The easiest way to do that is to, well, you can do it at faithfm.com.au, but the easiest way to do it is to download the Faith FM app onto your phone. There was one of the interviews that we did last week that I particularly wanted my wife to listen to, and she missed it. So I got home and I'm like, did you hear the interview? She's like, no. So jumped on the app. She can listen to it. There it was. Listen to it. And uh, it was super straightforward. Um and we just went through the, uh, yeah, she was able to catch up with that interview. So you can do that too. Faith yeah. FM Australia app. Don't get the American one, get the Australian <laughs> one. White background, red squiggly line. You'll recognise mm-hmm. it when you get there. And you cannot miss anything. We'll be back with another text message in just a moment. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Not sure if Daniel Andrews is religious or not. There's another text coming through right now. But either way, it's stupid. <laughs> Okay, stated how it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Stupid if there are Christians wanting to ban prayer and strange if non-Christians want to ban something they believe is of no effect. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. <laughs> that's a very valid point yep. right there. No matter which way you go, it doesn't make much sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? You, you are scared of prayer? You are so scared of prayer, you have to have legislation to stop people doing it. Even though you don't believe in it. Hmm. doesn't make much sense. This is a really good point. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, what else we got coming away? Uh, there might be some more text messages coming through. We'll see how we go. But, yeah, I, I, absolutely. We'd we love to hear from you guys. Keep the messages coming. Um, we're going to read some verses from the Bible this morning that are definitely going to be illegal in, uh, I would think, under this new legislation in Victoria very, very soon. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 1. And for those of you who might be wondering about Romans 1, the whole chapter is worth reading for homework. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to have time to read the whole chapter this morning. The Bible study, and of course this is the Bible, the 20 Million Movement Bible study, uh, just happens to be in Romans chapter 1 this morning, and these are the verses that have been assigned to us, so let's have a look at them. So what we're looking at is today you know, education in the arts and sciences, which is just so important and so amazing. Education in the arts and scientists and sciences exists because we were created in the image of God. Yeah. Uh, God is the original scientist. God is the original person who is who has expressed his creativity in just absolutely astoundingly lavish uh, variety mm. around our world. You know, just off the charts that's completely unnecessary to a process of evolution. Mm. It's completely redundant to the process of evolution. But because God is the original scientist, God is the original artist, when we involve ourselves and we can't help it, we're human beings, we are curious by nature Yeah. because we were created in the image of God. When we involve ourselves in the arts and in the sciences, 
we are fulfilling our God-given, God-created calling here in, here on this planet. Mm. And it really helps us understand, I think, the heart of God. It does. Mm. Totally. This is why we are curious. We were created mm. to be curious. We were created to want to know. Yep. And you look at kids, right? They still have that more than adults do. Yes. But what about this? Why this? Why is the sky blue? Why, if I jump off the roof, don't I? Like, can't I fly? Why, you know, they just, they're full of, let's discover all of the things. The why stage. <laughs> the why stage of children is like the best ever. <laughs> Did you ever get frustrated though when you're like, I no, see it just is. You know what? I didn't. I never got frustrated. Mm, and good. I would always stop and explain in detail. Mm. Way too much detail for a two-year-old. <laughs> well, I was like, well, it was like this, you know. Uh-huh. There's this thing called gravity. Mm-hmm. And here's a magnet and this is how gravity works. Mm-hmm. And our world has gravity and so it pulls you to it. And so if you jump off the roof, the gravity is going to pull you down to the ground so hard it's going to break your legs. Mm. They're like, oh. And then why do birds fly? And I'm like, well, <laughs> birds have overcome gravity because they have hollow bones. Mm. You don't have hollow bones, so you, and and they also have feathers. You don't have feathers. They have wings. You don't have wings, and that's why birds can overcome gravity. But the gravity is always pulling them down. If they stop flying, they fall mm-hmm. out of the sky. And the gravity pulls them down. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have those those kinds of conversations with kids. It's just so much fun. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like hollow bones. How long did it take them to evolve hollow bones? Why didn't human beings <laughs> evolve hollow, hollow bones so that you know we, we didn't could break them. run faster? Yeah. Oh, interesting. If we weighed less, we wouldn't get as tired as quickly. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Rabbit hole to go down there. <laughs> Romans chapter one, verse eighteen. Please start for us right there, Minnie. Okay. So, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Keep going. Ah, let's dig into this one first. I'm not ashamed of the... Mine says good news, but gospel. The gospel of the Christ. The gospel of Christ. It is the good news of salvation to mm-hmm. everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Why does it say the Jew first? Is that like well, a racist right there? <laughs> no, but the, it started there, yeah? And then That's they right. spread out to the Gentiles. Absolutely. And you see Paul, he really took that ministry on. was, all right, you guys don't want to hear? I'll go to the Gentiles. A couple of hundred years after the rise of Christianity, you know, Christianity exploded across the ancient world. I mean, you come down to the time of Constantine, Constantine in, well, say, like 323, thereabouts, you're going to find that one in ten people in the empire are Christian. Yeah. And the weird thing is... That when people back then became Christian, pagans assumed they were becoming Jewish. Yes, which is interesting, right? They saw it as a Jewish religion, so they just assumed that those people had become Jewish. Mm -hmm. We don't look at Christianity like that at all today. No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, But that was the assumption back Mm. then, and this is why it says to the Jew first and then to the Greek, uh, because that's exactly where Christianity started. It started as a Jewish religion. And it was kind of seen that way. Today, Christianity is seen as a Western religion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, Jewish people are not Western; they're Asian. Yeah. <laughs> it's but true. It started it's true. off as an Asian religion and uh, became a more Western religion under the influence of the Empire. Okay, let's go. Uh, so, uh, verse eighteen. Uh, where, where, did you, where did you start? Verse sixteen. You started in verse sixteen. I just did that verse. That's you know, cool. what I really I'm, like. I'm about glad this. you just did that verse. Okay. It's not the verse I said to do. Isn't it? No. 
Oh, did you say 18? I said 18. <laughs> I think I did. I don't care. True, true, I'm just true. glad you read 16. No, no. Because it's look, awesome. You might be correct. My eyes just went, oh, yep. Um, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Okay, so this is getting to get into from 18 down Mm. to verse 32. You're going to find some of the most politically incorrect passages in the entire Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why in in quite a number of jurisdictions around the world, these passages of the Bible have been outlawed Mm. in that you're not even allowed to read them in a one-on-one Bible study. Yeah. Crazy. It is. Who would have ever thought that we would live to see a time in developed Western countries where portions of the Bible were outlawed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fully, fully. Just amazing. Okay. And the reason is because people will do anything that they possibly can to silence mm. the voice of their conscience. Mm. People live under the pers- people who live in sin live under the persecution of their conscience. Mm. And when people are living under the persecution of their conscience, there is a continued effort to double down and do anything that they can to just stop the pain. You know what? I actually think I know I didn't mean to read that first verse, but I think that ties really into what I read because it says. Um, the gospel of Christ is the power of God to save, right? Yes. That's also including save, save us from ourselves. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know? to save us from ourselves. See, here's the solution to the pain. Mm. As human beings, we will go anywhere that we can to stop the pain mm-hmm. except the right place. Mm, yeah. That's <laughs> it's true. simple yeah, that's human how it nature. Is. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, I feel like you're going to say something. We could just let's continue. I was just going to go to the next verse. Yeah, no, we can do the next verse. Go to the next verse. Go ahead. Okay, so they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to him. So connecting that to the first verse, God says his, uh, God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he's yes. made it obvious to them. That's right. So it's not in and ignorance. And the whole, the, that's right. Mm. And nobody is doing this in ignorance these days. We are surrounded by the evidence of God everywhere we look. Read the next verse. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. This is actually really important but quite a hectic It is. Mm. It is. And basically what it's saying is that the evidence is so strong, no one can deny the existence of God. Mm. You know, not the most. And and what you'll find is that whenever you speak, you know, because Paul talks a lot here about science and those who believe that uh, everything came, you know, just evolved and so forth. We've got all that coming up further on in the passage. But when you speak about creation to somebody who is a devout evolutionist, Mm the discussion very, very quickly becomes incredibly emotional. And when a discussion becomes emotional, you know that the arguments do not exist. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so um, one of our listeners, uh, Bruce, has just called through with a comment to make. Bruce, welcome to the show. Yeah, hello. Yes, Bruce, what would you like to say? Yeah, I've got a a comment about what you're talking about and, and... you know, the power of the gospel to change. Well, the power of God really is humility. 
And um, without humility, you can't learn. You know, you have to be humble and say, I don't know, to learn. But pride can't learn because it knows everything sort of thing. You know, it's full of self. And um, and so really, that's why God's revealing, like what you're reading about, everything that he's created, we're out without excuse because it's all there. You know, we can see it and acknowledge and we learn from it. And we just have to be humble <laughs> enough to be able to uh, learn from what God yeah. has revealed everywhere right around us right now. Yeah, and really humility actually says, well, I don't know. So that's why I can learn. You know, it's humble. Yes. You know, and um, and that's the whole point. When we look at creation, we, you know, <laughs> we we don't know who created it other than what the Bible says and the belief that there re- really is a God. And the, So, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Bruce, I think you've raised a really good point there and made it well. Mm. Um, I think that um, that's actually excellent what Bruce has shared in that humility is the basis of foundation, foundation of education. It's the basis of education. Yeah. I heard, um, I was sharing with uh, some of my small group family the other night. I've been listening to this podcast, uh, Choose to Overflow. It's a great one. And there was a comment made that uh, something along the lines of pride rejects anything um, other than what it already thinks about itself, whereas humility, mm. oh, how does it? Humility opens its hands to receive what is given, whatever that and is. This is part of the problem that we have right now: is that there is so much. Human beings have so much pride mm. in what they know; it shuts off any possibility for what they know or what they think they know <laughs> of being challenged. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm right. You yeah. can tell me what you want, but until it agrees with me, I won't listen. <laughs> okay, so we have an answer here for uh, the quiz for bragging rights. How are we going there? No. Oh, not that one. Not know. that one. Okay. Do you know who it is? Yes, it's the other one. Okay. <laughs> I know exactly who it is. Okay. All right. Um, and so it's more text messages. They're coming through thick and fast here. Let's see what we've got. Um Oh, okay, so this is interesting. Somebody's just texted in to say that Satan believes in prayer. Yeah. You know, so Daniel Andrews doesn't believe in prayer, but he's going to outlaw it because it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So something he doesn't believe in is he's scared of. Satan does believe in prayer, and he's terrified of prayer. Mm. The last thing that Satan ever wants to see is you praying. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to get Satan scared, just spend some time in Let's prayer. Let's start praying. Absolutely. All right, that's a very good comment right there. Okay, um, I think I was, that's all of our messages. I think we were up to date. Um, oh, all right. So we got a, uh, a recommendation here. Uh, let me see. Where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Um, all right. So we got a, we got a link coming through um, about. Okay, so this is this is really good. Somebody wants to share with us about um, Audioverse. Audioverse presentation podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the internet and you go to Audioverse, there's some excellent presentations on there on the subjects that we've been speaking about this morning. And, you know, it brings out, you know, from the podcast I sent the link, you mentioned as the laws are changed, uh, and this is in some states in the US, uh, a teenage boy who wants to go into a girl's change room, all he has to do is say he, he now considers himself female and no one by law can question him. So the law... So by law, he's allowed into the girls' change room. Well, when I was a teenager and I was at school, if that had been the law, I think every one, single one of the <laughs> boys in my class would have, you know, just been like, the, yes, the definitely little girls. deviants that we were, <laughs> uh, would have gone, yeah, I'm a girl, uh-huh, and walked uh-huh, straight in. Uh-huh. You know, this is the sick kind of, seriously, 
legislators can't figure this out? Unbelievable. Don't remember going through puberty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just don't even... I'm, I'm without words. <laughs> I'm without words. But Audioverse yeah. also has... Audioverse presentations, got some presentations on this material, yeah. is one of the biggest uh, collections of... Uh, of sermons you'll find mm. anywhere online. On a whole bunch of topics too. On every different topic you can mm. think of. Some of the most fascinating, some of the most outstanding topics. Just really, really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you're looking for one here specifically by Conrad Vine, Truth, Tragedy and Transgenderism, Genderism, 20th of July, 2020. Uh, if you are looking for that particular one here on Audioverse, once you go to Audioverse. But once you go to Audioverse, I'd encourage you to do a bit of surfing. Mm-hmm. Do a bit of scrolling, and you so will you find know. you will find really really good material there. Yeah. Okay, back to our Bible study. Uh, we were in verse 19, 20? Mm, 19, 20, Yeah. What I was going to say about this something I find really fascinating. So I think we've spoken about this before. It's really only quite modern history when this idea of atheism has come about. Right? There's no God. There's no religious whatever. You look at nearly every ancient culture. And their physical world was a massive part of their spirituality. Do you know what I mean? Like, Very much so. Even if even if what they believed wasn't necessarily the God of the Bible, they inherently kind of had this understanding, mm, there's no way this world was just came to be. Well, actually, you know I'm going mean? to challenge what you just said. Okay, yeah. Because about 7% of the world are atheists today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that that percentage hasn't changed significantly down through history. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Continue. Uh, it has been packaged differently. Okay, yep. So atheism in the past was packaged in religious terms mm. and a religious framework, and so it wasn't seen as being atheism. But if you study the higher levels of, uh, for instance, Greek or Egyptian uh, religion, it was atheistic. Okay, no, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I Okay. I'll, so whereas I'll an, atheist, <laughs> an atheist today will say, I'm not a person of faith. Mm-hmm. An atheist in the past would say, yeah, I'm a person of faith. I believe in the power of creation. Hmm. Which is the same way as both of them are saying, God doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And an atheist today says, well, I believe in evolution, which is another way of saying I believe in the power of, 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 you know, of uh, nature. Nature, not creation, sorry. I believe in the power of nature. Yeah. So both believe in the power of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, one might personify the power of nature through various religious symbols and practices, but that does not mean that they believe in a divine or supernatural being somewhere in the world. Mm. No, yep, I see what you're saying. So I, my, my, my opinion mm-hmm. is that the 7% of the world that are atheists has been fairly steady. Yep. No, that's, but that's and, still, and a fairly steady minority. But that's the thing; it's still this quite a minority. It's a very, right? very significant minority. That we, I think, particularly in the Western world, go. You know, a lot of my friends are like, "Oh, it's just an old thing." And I'm like, "Go outside any of these Western countries, and nearly everyone has some belief." That's right. Like it's not the majority of the world. Yes, you are in yeah. a very, very yeah. small minority. <laughs> and how do you know that when you are in such a small minority, you can arrogantly say, "I have not missed anything." Yeah. <laughs> When the rest of the world's like, what? Wait a minute, how did you miss that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the whole world is looking at you like you're weird. Wake up, guys. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's go to our question of the day. 
Okay, so the question is, we know the story where the Israelites have left Egypt. Um, Moses goes up the mountain, and while he's up there, the people kind of start just running amok, and God kind of goes, you know what, this is not all right. And then Moses makes the call. He goes, you know what, if you won't forgive them for what they're doing, blot my name from the book. So is this is this righteousness by faith or by works? Does Moses believe he actually can save the people? Can he be a savior? It's a pretty heavy. It's a pretty heavy verse. Um, Let me just find it here real quick. Where did it go? It has escaped out of my Bible right now. But Moses in in the verse, Mm -hmm. you've got Moses kind of kind of holding God to ransom. Mm -hmm. That's how it comes across, doesn't it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So God's like, I'm going to blot out. I'm going to wipe out. Yes, all of the Israelites, the entire nation. I'll turn you and your descendants into a great nation. Mm. And God says that in a way that this is final, this is done, that's what I've decided to do, this is what's going to happen. Moses turns around and says, if you do, then don't save me. And so, all right, the question is, is this, did Moses save the people? Mm. Is he twisting God's arm? Or did God save the people? And if Moses saved the people, can a human being be a saviour? So what's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my answer is uh, there is a possibility that it was a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm saying there's a possibility it's a bit of both is because uh, Moses was at a point where he would do anything that he possibly could to save God's people. Mm. And he felt that if he could twist God's arm, he would twist God's arm. And so he steps in and says, look, you know, if you uh, if you won't save these people, blot blot my name out of your, out of the book of life. Take away my salvation. Mm. Close my probation here and now. Now, did Moses uh, believe that he had the power to save God's people? I don't know, mm. but I do believe that in what was going through his mind at that particular time, that was his absolute intention: was that I will do anything I can to save these people. And why would Moses do that? I mean, he's on the ground with them. God's up in heaven. He is not as, as you know, you would think he's a little bit separated from the situation. He's not being impacted with it on a daily basis like Moses. Why would why would Moses do that? You would think Moses would be like, yeah, that would be such a relief. <laughs> yeah, that's so annoying. I'd be just back to me and my family, but he's like, no. Mm. Now, at the end of the day, the other side of the equation is that God knows the end from the beginning. And so God knows Moses' reaction. And God knows that when God says what he says, he knows exactly how Moses is going to react and that he's going to be able to use this. God is going to be able to use this as an object lesson mm. for what Jesus actually does. Yeah. Because Moses did not actually save the Israelites. Jesus actually saved the Israelites. But Jesus could not be seen at that time. Mm. But Moses could be seen. What Moses did could be seen by the Israelites. What Jesus did, because it was Jesus' intercession that saved them, could not be seen. And so Jesus uses Moses to demonstrate what God is actually doing. So salvation always and only ever belongs to God. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.